Greetings, and welcome to the Super Life Show with Pastor Joshua Lockett. In this podcast, Pastor Josh encourages us to live supernaturally through the power of the Holy Spirit by teaching practical, biblical principles that will unleash the power that is inside of you. Let's tune in to this week's message. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Amen. And uh, we thank all of you all for being with us on today. Amen. Genesis chapter, it's actually chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. It says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And it says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. He rested from all his work of creation. I want you to go really quickly to John chapter 5 on this April Jesus Day. (laughs) Y'all thought I was going to say something else. (laughs) John 5 verse 17, are we there? It says, but Jesus replied, my father is always working. So am I. I want to go to the Amplified version in this. And it says, but Jesus answered them, my father has worked even unto now. He has never Ceased working. He is, tell your neighbor's neighbor, he is still. See, that's the word right there. I just, he, he didn't just work, he's still. He is, I, I, I guess I'm trying to, okay. He is still working and I too must be at divine work. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, he's always working. And then I want to go to Luke chapter 24, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit. Is that okay? Luke chapter 24. Aren't you glad that God is not a lazy God, but he knows how to work and work out? And while you're trying to figure it out, he's already Luke 24 verse 1. (laughs) But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. Thank God for the lady folks. Amen. Now, I'm going to say something, so don't, don't get too excited too quick. Amen. But thank God for the women. Let's get that going. Amen. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. And let's thank God for the brothers. Amen. Amen. Taking the spices. Sh- Chanel. Creed. Amen. Jimmy Choo. Lacoste. I'm sorry, those are fragrances. I'm sorry. Taking the spices they had prepared, polo blue, black, polo red, axe. Y'all ain't talking to me. They found, no, they said spices. That's my translation. They found that the stone had been rolled away. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled. Some of us might be puzzled on today. Just two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. And it said the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead? Actually, they were saying, hey, are you looking in the wrong place? 
for someone who is alive. He isn't here. Tell your neighbor's name. He isn't here. I'm so glad that he isn't there anymore. He is risen from the dead. Then they go on to say this. Remember? Tell your neighbor's name. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? Tell your neighbor's name. Do you remember all the things he told you? All the things he told you. And it says that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of good men, no sinful men, and be crucified, and that he would what? Rise again on the third day. Let's jump down to verse 10. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. What had happened was, and verse 11 says, but the story sounded like what? That sound nonsense, like nonsense. To the, to the who? Y'all pray for the brothers. Just pray for us. Amen. It sounded like, not, the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't what? Amen. I don't believe it because it don't make sense. And it says, however, P Peter jumped up. Peter, I thank God for Peter. Peter jumped up and ran. So he showed up late, but he, he still jumped up. And ran to the tomb to look, stooping. He peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what happened. And I want to go really quickly to verse 17. Then I'm going to really just talk. It says, verse 17, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk? He, Jesus just appears. He's walking. And verse 16, it says, God kept the men from recognizing him. He's, these men are walking. And Jesus just pops up. Aren't you thankful, aren't you thankful for the pop-ups of God? Amen. It says, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk alone? They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. And I'll venture to say there's some sadness in the room on today. Even on Resurrection Sunday, when everybody should be rejoicing, there's some sadness. But I declare God is releasing joy today. He's releasing peace today in your mind. It says, then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person. How dare he talk to Jesus like that? You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. No, I don't think they had heard about all the things because they got part of the story, but they didn't get the full story. And it says the, there are the last few days. It says what things? Now, I like how Jesus acts because sometimes he might act like he, he kind of don't know what he's talking about. He says, he said, what things? You know, Jesus went, what things? He probably said it with some concern. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. Now, who are they talking to? Let me step down here. I have to go down here to finish this. And he says, what things, Jesus asked, the things that happened to Jesus, the man of Nazareth, they said he was a prophet who did. Who did. He used to. Tell your neighbor, say, same God back then. Same God right now. Say, if he did it before, he can do it again. If he brought me out last time, he can bring me out. Y'all not with me. If he broke through financially last time, he can break through financially this time. If he healed my body last time, he's not just a past tense God. He's a present help in the time. Y'all not, oh, not hearing me. He's a present help. He's not just a past help. And he'll even be a future help. Can you give a shout of praise to a present help God? Okay. Okay. So all this, all this happening, okay. Hmm. So he was a prophet. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But, but, what is your but today? But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, but I lost my job, but that person died who I was praying for, but the person never got healed, but my relationship is failing, but 
our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. This is where I'm going to stop. In verse 21, it says, we had hoped. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, we had hoped he was the Messiah. We had hoped. We had hoped. We thought he was, but we hoped. In other words, that was a past tense. There's some people in here this room today, they, they might say, I used to hope, but now I no longer hope because some things have died in my life. Because we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This happened three days ago. And I want to stop right there and just talk a little bit. You know, all of us in life, we walk through some things. And sometimes we walk through good things. What do you say good things are? Those are promotions. Those are healings. Those are God opening up the heavens and raining down his presence. Those are, I feel God near me. Those are the days where you feel spiritual. How many of you ever just felt spiritual? The other days you feel another way. Amen. I talked to a person this past week. They were just telling me about all the, they, get, they said in the last four months they got like two promotions. And you know what? That's great. That's great. That's, that's really great. But I think the issue is when you go through four months and you can't even get nobody to call you back for one job. And you put out about 50 applications and you can't get one. And yet, you're supposed to be a child of God. Yet, you're supposed to be a person of prayer. But I wonder what happens when you go to the doctor. Everybody's been saying all your years, oh, you got a, good, you got a clean bill of health. You're like a 20-year-old boy. And you 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been working out. And then you go to the doctor that one day. And they look at it and they say, I, I'm, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but we see something. Let me go to this side. They say, we see something. And then they don't just stop there. They say, we see something, and it, it starts. Like, we think it might be cut. Then I got to finish the word. But just at the sound of that. But the question is, whose report will you believe? Because listen to this. That same doctor we all know can come back two weeks later and say, uh, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. You mean to tell me that you had me losing sleep at night on a report you messed up? You mean to tell me that I, that I was having all this anxiety in my head because I thought I saw something that really wasn't there? And I'm here to tell you today that it might not always look like it. But God is at work. Tell your neighbor, saying, but God is at work. And we, we all can have moments where things look like they're going well. The family looks like they're going well. The marriage looks like it's going well. well I mean, we can touch, taste, and see. We can hear it. We can, we can hear the, hey, baby, how you doing? Come on now. Y'all ain't talking to me, married couples. You can see the kids running up to you and say, Daddy, you just the best thing ever. You can feel the cool breeze in your house, amen, the air condition working. You got, the, you got all senses being activated by the goodness of God. But what happens when you can't taste and see that the Lord is good? What happens when your senses are not picking up what's happening in the spiritual world? Can I tell you this today? God is still good whether you taste it or not. He's still a healer whether you experienced it or not. He's still a provider whether you experienced it or not. He's still a deliverer whether you experienced it or not. And so, and so before I have the audacity to tell God what he's not doing because I don't see it, I need to first of all get up to his level, and I'll never get to his level because God's ways are greater than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he can see things, think about things higher than us. So there's no reason for me being hopeless on this resurrection day. No reason. No reason. Tell your neighbor, to neighbor, no reason. No reason. That's the hard part because this is not – now, I, I, would, I would be – and I want to get into this story a little bit. I, I, I would, it would be something if Jesus – did like one healing 
And then the rest of the people he prayed for, they just got worse and they died. It would be one thing if he had never raised someone from the dead. It would be one thing if he had never multiplied so much food that he fed thousands of people. That was a killer buffet. That's better than Golden Corral probably could ever do. When you talk about a Jesus who, who walked on water in a storm when it was winds and waves, blowing, and he was just walking through the water like what? When you talk about a Jesus that's that powerful, who they are trying to push him off the cliff and he walks right through the opposition. When you talk about a Jesus who with a word called demons out of people. When you talk about a Jesus who with a word healed the sick. When you talk about a Jesus who turned water into wine. Who did miracle after miracle. Healing after healing. Who touched the dead coffin and the boy came back to life. Who said, I'm not going to even come now and heal. I'll wait some more time. And raises a man who's been dead for four days. See, it'd be something if we were just talking about somebody else who's, who had a good quote that we posted on Twitter. It would be something. But we're talking about a man who moved with power and glory. And you mean to tell me that after all he's done for you, within three days, you've lost hope. Can I ask you the question? Some of us say today, if I was there, I wouldn't do the thing. Because to be honest, Jesus' ministry is about three years long. Three years of power, three years of miracles. But how long did it take them to be in unbelief? Because the, the honest truth is that all of them left, really, except one. What crash in your life will cause you to undermine every miracle he's ever done in your life? Will cause you to rethink, should I be in this salvation thing? We'll because, see, resurrection day is not as pretty as you make it out to be. Because if the truth be told, he told them to meet him in Galilee, not at the tomb. They were in the wrong place to begin with. Why? Because you'll find yourself in the wrong place when you walk in unbelief. You'll find, y'all not with me, you can bring all the Chanel cologne you want, but if, my goodness. And see, and see, some of us today, we find ourselves in the wrong place. Because hopelessness will have you ending up in the wrong place, looking for God in the wrong place. The truth be told, he told them to meet him in Galilee. If they really had faith on the third day, they would have been in Galilee, not at the tomb. That's why even the angel said, why are you looking here? You're not Y'all not here. That's why even the angel said, why are you looking here for someone who's alive among the dead? In other words, what you're looking for is no longer here. Your focus don't. Y'all not with me. So, 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 so sit down, sit down, because I got to get through this. Y'all got to get the golden corral. So, so when we, when we, when we look at this, they were wrong to start off with. They shouldn't have even been at the tomb. They should have been a Galilee party and like, he come, he come, he rose, he rose, he come. He. But the Bible says they were locked up, afraid. They had put up a barrier to the world surrounding them because they were afraid because of what happened three days ago after seeing three years of power. How quickly we can forget the miracle-working power of God. How quickly we can forget if it had not been for the Lord who is on our side. How quickly can we forget that God, the job you lost, God gave it to you anyway. It never even belonged to you. It was God's goodness that gave you the job to begin with. So you would have never even been able to lose a job if it wasn't for God. No, it's real. That's one moment we praise and Hosanna. Next moment, we're like, I don't know what's up with God. So, so when I see the story, it's interesting because the, the least they could do, even if they were going to show up in the wrong place, they could have been tailgating, like, you know, doing an electric slide. <laughs> he about to come. Up, up. They could at least, you know. So when he came out, they could see him. You know what I'm saying? They were nowhere to be found. 
except those women. And can I tell you this? They weren't even coming to find him alive. They were coming to find him dead. That's why they brought all them spices, so they could put it on that dead situation. Can I tell you this? Can I encourage somebody? Stop trying to cover up smelly situations with cologne. Y'all not with me. Stop trying to cover up smelly situations with cologne. The Lord can raise that thing from the dead. It doesn't have to stay dead anymore. Stop being comfortable with dead situations. Okay. It's resurrection. Okay. So, 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 yeah. So they look for Jesus. They look for Jesus because Jesus said to go meet him in Galilee, but they were looking for him at the tomb when he said, meet me in Galilee. So when you, when you see that happening, and the angel even said, why are you looking here? Because, you know, you should be, you know. And so all that's happening. So they're in the wrong place. And then Jesus is, is walking on the road of Emmaus, and he's, he's talking to those men. And, and the wild thing about it, God, the Bible says God, the Bible says God kept them from recognizing him. Now, I know Jesus. Now, Jesus, his heart is to glorify the Father. But if you had been dead for three days and people were talking about you. See, can I give you this word? Sometimes even when you resurrect, God won't, God won't let you get all the applies immediately. In other, words, in other words, the Bible says, if you study the scriptures, Jesus didn't even appear to everybody when he rose. See, some of y'all want people to see, all your haters, to see what God has done in your life. But sometimes it ain't about them. Amen. Because God ain't going to show off what he's doing in your life to everybody. So the Bible says God kept them. God. God kept them. God kept them. And when he was talking to them, they started talking to him. They said, we had hoped. We had hoped he would be the Messiah. We had hoped he would rescue Israel. And, and, and I bet you Jesus is sitting there and saying, what did I just do? If that ain't a rescue, then what is a rescue? Because I done paid the price for all your sins. That's a divine rescue. Now, they probably were talking in context about the nation of Israel, which Jesus will come back and he will set up shop and it's going to be awesome. But in that moment, there was a rescue that took place. It was a rescue at the cross. Y'all ain't hearing me. It was a rescue of deliverance from sin. It was a rescue. And so they said, we hoped he would come and rescue us. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you can be right in the presence of healing. They were right in the presence of the healer. They were right in the presence of deliverance, but they couldn't recognize it. See, resurrection day is a day where people can be right in the presence of God and not know it. Jacob said, God, you were here in this place, and I didn't even know it. I wonder how, how close is your deliverance on this morning? I wonder how close is your freedom on this morning. I wonder how close is your peace on this morning. I wonder how close is the joy God said he can give you on this morning. I wonder how close is the power that God said he can give you. Because on resurrection day, sometimes you're blind. Amen. And you can't see. So these men were blind. The women were showing up at the wrong place. Or they were showing up at the tomb. And then even Peter got up and ran to the tomb. And, and all of these things are happening. But yet, but yet, but yet. Jesus is still secure in who he is. Now, let me give you some points about God today, because I want to talk to you really quickly about don't be fooled by the looks of things. And, and, and it's April's Food Day, so we can say that, fool, amen. And, 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 and you know, I, I heard a story about, um, and this is kind of, don't, don't be offended by what I'm about to say, but there was a man who, um, he, he, he sued his wife. And he won. Let me go to this. Let me go down. You, you, you say, Pastor John, how does that do? How does that connect with anything you say? Just stay with me. So he, he sued his wife. Say why. Ask why. Okay, good. Y'all doing good. This is why. Because when he had the, when he had, when they had a baby. He said, and in so many words, how is this baby looking like this? And you look like this. And the Bible says, in its essence, he sued her for the way she looked. Well, what she did was she had surgery. She got her face changed. Y'all not with me. And so what he was looking at fooled him into thinking that she was somebody that she wasn't. So when the baby actually came out, it actually showed the real deal. So he ended up, you tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't be fooled by looks. Don't be fooled. Oh, no, nah, don't, don't, don't be fooled by, by looks. <laughs> So he sued her because she fooled her, fooled him.
Tell them say everything that glitter ain't gold. <laughs> it's a day and time where we got the filter generation. And from Instagram to real life, there's a mighty transformation that takes place. Because looks can be deceiving. On Instagram, she's brown skin. In real life, she's light skin. Y'all ain't talking to me. It, 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 on Instagram, he got a six pack. I had to go to the men because the women weren't going to let me get away. Y'all women, pray for our Lord help us. On, on, on Instagram, he got a six pack. In real life, he just got a pack. He's just packing. That's all he's doing. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't let looks fool you. See, Satan can even appear as an angel of light. Can I argue this? He loves to fool people with the way things look. It's a false light. So, so we, we, we realize that we all can be fooled by the way things look sometimes. And so understand this without condemning them too quickly. I know they were apostles and all that, and they should have been the main ones having a rally for Jesus when he raised from the dead, but they weren't. They were locked up. But let, let's, let's kind of have a little compassion for the apostles just a little bit. Um, realize this, that as I stated earlier in Genesis chapter 2, uh, and then I went to John chapter 5, that God is always working. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, God is always working. Um. This is important because the, the, some of the biggest issue we have in our life when we're going through trials is, God, are you still in, in this thing? Are you still with me? Do you know that God doesn't always have to tell you what he's doing? See, God works on the low. He makes moves on the low. See, when Jesus went low, he was still making moves. Y'all ain't with me. Because the Bible says he preached to the spirits in prison. Y'all not hearing me. Can I tell you this? Even when you can't see him working, he's still working. Let me help you out. Do you know that when Jesus died, the Bible says that the men of the old came back to life? Tell your neighbor, say he was still making moves. Even after being betrayed and left by, all his, by some of his disciples, he was still making moves. See, don't sleep on God. See, let me say this to you. See, so everybody in here, sometimes we have a tendency for, for applause. We, we, want, we want people to pat us on the back when we're doing good things, when we're making moves. Oh, I saw that. That's why we put so much stuff on social media today, because we want everybody to applause us. And applaud. But see, God don't need applause to work. He'll, he'll heal somebody without any applause. Matter of fact, he told somebody, don't go tell anybody. Y'all ain't with me. See, God is so secure in who he is, he doesn't need you to applaud him every time he heals, every time he delivers, every time he set. Y'all, okay. So, so y'all sit down because I really, I got to get through. So, so, so he dies. And so I want you to understand something. I, I just want to have a, a, a spiritual imagination. I'm not saying this happened. I'm, I say, Lord, you can look at it and say, Lord, why is it that the men of the old came back to life when he died? Let me go. Let me jump up here. Every, every year we have something um, called Jiho. Y'all know what Jiho is? Y'all must be from other schools, man. Y'all hating Jeho. And on that day, there's probably a lot of policemen that all come, and they, 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 they all huddle in one area. Now, there's still some policemen there's other places, but, but if I could say this, I'm not telling you to do this. If you want to get away with something on that day, That might be the day. Because they all probably at Jeho. Amen. Making sure there's peace. No. My point is, the Bible says that when the Lord, the Father saw that death could hold Jesus no longer, he released him. Why is it? Can I suggest this? Why is it 
that people who were dead raised from the dead when he died. Because it took death everything he had to try to hold down Jesus. In other words, in other words, death got so consumed with trying to hold down one man who is the truth, the way, the life, who is the resurrection himself. Y'all not with me? That he, he accidentally took his pinky off of y'all not with me? The men of the old, and they start popping back up. They said, what am I? Why? Because he's that powerful. Can you give a shout of praise to Jesus? Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, he never stopped working. Even when he died, he never stopped working. Okay, let's keep moving. Can I suggest that? Death was struggling with him. And in the midst of struggling with him, he forgot Susie Joe over there. In the midst of struggling, he forgot Joey over there. They start popping up because death couldn't hold him down anymore. And so the Bible says that the men of the old popped up in the gospel account of Matthew. But what, what was happening? Because I'm trying to show you that even when it doesn't look like it, God is still working. It's still Because write this down. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, God works in the dark. Write that down. So if I had to give you some points today, number one, let me give you this point. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is always working. And, and by the way, can I say this to you? Um, just because he rested from creation didn't mean he rested in other areas. In other words, just because he stopped moving in one area don't mean he's still moving in other areas. If the truth be told, let me argue that if you go to heaven right now, he's still creating things. He, he does what he is, and he is what he does. He'll always be. Matter of fact, I think the psalmist says something like this, creating me. Y'all ain't with me. A clean heart. In other words, he can't stop creating. He'll, uh, the Bible says he recreated us in Christ Jesus. That was the, that's not the only creation he has. The Bible says he rested from the work of creation. But that's not the only thing. Can I suggest later on in life, we saw that he recreated us. If you're saved, come on. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are what? So does he ever stop creating? Can he, can he continue to create? Can I suggest that that work of creation, it might have just been for the earth and the heavens, but there was still some more creation to be done? Even if he stopped for that moment, there was still some more in another chapter. So, so, so here's our problem that I, I think we have. We say, God, you ain't doing nothing. It seemed like you resting. Well, some powerful things can happen when you rest. You didn't get what I said. Um, when Adam rested, God would get, well, actually, let me, let me rephrase that. When God put him under, amen, he woke up with a wife. Because even when you think things are asleep and knocked out, God can still be working and developing and forming. Y'all not with me. And, and so when, 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 when there's a rest, sometimes God can bring breakthrough. You know, um, I tell you, neighbors and neighbors, God is always working. I, I, I have to get there. I have to get there. Okay. Because I got to finish this. How much time I got? Okay, I got three hours. That's good. Okay. <laughs> so we know that Jesus said, my father never stops working. He hasn't ceased until this point. So when he rested on that day, he didn't rest from everything. He just rested from what was at hand. And the Bible says clearly he rested because he was finished. He was finished. He was done. He wasn't tired. God never gets tired. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God never gets tired. He's better than the Energizer Bunny, but he keeps going on, on, on. He never stops. So even when I can't see it, tell your neighbor, neighbor, even when I can't see it, he's still moving. He's still moving. So he's always working. And another thing to know is that God works in the dark. God works in the dark. It's, it's amazing to me that, you know, Really, before you get a, you know, a building like the Empire State Building or any of the major buildings, you don't really start working up. You start working what? In other words, you, in, in order to build stability, y'all not with me. See, there's some unseen work that has to be done to bring stability. Every seed has to go in the ground before it comes back up. Could it be that there's some words in your life that seem like they're dead, but they're not? They're just underground doing their work. Y'all not with me? Because the last time I checked, Jesus, the incorruptible seed, when he came, even when he went to the Hades, he was still doing a job. He was preaching to the spirits. He was still working. But that, that's, not, that's not what I want to get to because i got to get something else. You say, what else, Pastor Josh? Well, I, I got a question. Can y'all do a survey with me? 
You say, okay, you're all so nice. You didn't have to do that because I'm closing. Uh, how many of y'all ever had chicken pox? No, don't be ashamed. Put your hand down. <coughs> Raise your hand. How many of you ever had chicken pox? Put your hand down. How many of you ever had chicken pox more than once? Well, that's a unique person over there. So, so more people had chicken pox, what, one time? Very few people had chicken pox, what, twice? You have chicken pox more than twice? But was it chicken pox? It was a derivative of it. Okay. But very few people have chicken pox more than what? Once. Because after one time, your body figures out the enemy. And it builds up immunity. So when Jesus died, he had to die at least once. You didn't get what I said. Because he had to build up an immunity to death. Y'all not with me. Because understand this, he never died and didn't have to die, but he chose to die. Why? So he can build up an immunity to death so that when everybody came in him, they would also have that same immunization shot. And so for three days, he was building up the immunity. And the Bible says in Acts 2, verse 24, when God saw death could no longer hold him anymore, when he saw that chicken pox could no longer hold him anymore, he released them from death and resurrected him. Why? Because at that point in time, he had built up immunity. So now all that come in Christ Jesus can receive that immunization shot. So even while he was dead, he was still working. His body was working. Do you know that he doesn't just give us resurrection life? He makes us immune to death. In other words, when we get our glorified bodies, we don't have them yet. I know I don't have mine. He said when we get our glorified bodies, our bodies will never decay. Death will be totally deactivated off of our bodies when we have our glorified bodies. That's what Jesus was paying for. So for three days chicken pox was doing its work by the way god jesus he said no one takes my life i lay it down so what does that tell you that god is still in control <clears throat> so we realize number one god is always working we also realize number two god works in the dark we also realize that god works <clears throat> through our situations he works through our situations judges 14 verse 4 Judges 14, verse 4. Are y'all getting something out of this on today? <clears throat> I, I want you to realize this because three days, it doesn't seem like a long time to us. But I believe the problem with the apostles was that they felt God had stopped working. Everything was past tense. He used to heal. He used to deliver. He used to be the Messiah. No, 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 no. He's the same yesterday, today, and for what? Forever. And, and I believe sometimes we get it confused because we can't see God. We can't detect God. And, and this is the thing that I, this is the issue that I have is that sometimes we can hear the word like cancer. And, and, and cancer is detectable microscopically, but you can't see it in your naked eye. But sometimes we have more faith in cancer than we do God. We never met cancer face to face, but we believe it's already working. It can kill. It can take out. And we even start prophesying. And we start making bucket lists, but the devil is a liar. I will not have more faith in cancer than I do God. You say, why? Because God is all powerful. See, God makes moves on the low. He's always making moves. He's always orchestrating things. Judges chapter 14, verse it says in verse and actually let's jump up to verse three can we read it verse three i want to show you this really quickly his father and mother objected isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the israelites you could marry they asked why must you go to the pagan philistines to find a wife but samson told his father get her for me she looks good to me that's not a deep revelation he just i'm telling you the bible got some great stuff in it it says his father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at what? Now, what can the idea be? They should not have been intermarrying with the Philistines. That was the enemy. So he was actually, in a sense, in one angle, he was stepping out of line. But the Bible says that God, his, fa he says his father and mother didn't realize that the Lord or God was what? 
See, that's the problem sometimes. We don't realize God is at work. Can I tell you that uh, sometimes I believe, I would venture to say that if God told us everything he was going to do, we would try to mess it up. So he can't tell us what he's going to do sometimes because we would get our hands in it and mess it up. And it says right here, creating an opportunity to what? So God was at work in this, creating an opportunity. God was at work in this, creating an opportunity to do what? Work against the who? Philistines, who were the what? The enemy. The enemy. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God is always at work. I like how the scripture says all things work together. And the good part about that is that it says, it says God causes all things to work together. In other words, some things might not want to work together, but he'll make it work together for the good of them that love him. And y'all not with me. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Josh? He can take a mess and make a message out of it. Because God can cause things to work together. I think about a man who used to play for uh, the Chicago Bulls, and he was a very unique man. He had different color hair, depending on how he felt. And he was very unique. But Phil Jackson knew how to make him work together. Y'all not with me. For a championship Bulls team. If he was on any other team, he probably would have been wilding out, kicked off the team. But Phil had a way of bringing him in and causing him to work together for the greater good of the team. And how much more can God take the Dennis Rodman's of our life with all of his wildness, with all of our mistakes, with all of the craziness we've experienced and cause a championship team? If you know God took some crazy stuff in your life and he worked it for the good, I dare you to lift up your voice and give a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Whoo! Thank God for the Dennis Rodman's in my life. Yeah, yeah. He know how to take stuff and work it together like, like some of y'all grandmas do, knew how to do. They knew how to take some salt and some sea and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the better, the, you know, as a cook, the better you are, one of the signs of that could be that you don't even need to really measure what you have. You just say, give me a little bit of that. Give me a little bit of butter. Uh-huh. Give me a little bit of butter. Aren't you going, I don't need to, you know how long I've been doing this? I don't need to measure this. I know how much this thing takes. I know how much it can take. I know how much this person can bear. I know how much salt they can take. I know how much betrayal they can take. I know how many jobs they can lose. I know. See, God knows how much we can bear when he's working it together. Can I tell you this? Sometimes salt don't taste good by itself. But it tastes good in some chicken. See, it don't taste good till you mix it. It don't make sense till you mix it. Some of y'all have some experience. I've been trying to taste it outside of the, the end dish, the, the masterpiece that God is trying to make, and it don't taste right. You're like, God, how, it doesn't taste right. I can't figure it out. And, and I, what, what, what if God would tell you today, just look at the end picture, because I'm taking some salt. I'm taking some, some onions. Glory to God. I'm mixing it all together. I'm working it all together. He said, give me a little bit of that. Give me a little bit of that. I'm going to let that happen. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. But I'm going I'm to bring them back out. Yeah, Job, I'm going to let the devil come and attack you, but I'm going to work it all out. And I'm going to give you double for your trouble. I'm thankful that God is in the kitchen cooking something up. Bigger than what I could ever imagine. Exceedingly abundantly past all I can ask or think of. I'm glad that God can take the, even the mistakes sometimes and use it for his glory. Samson should not have been messing with that Philistine woman, but God allowed it to happen to create an opportunity for victory. I'm thankful that God can take what the builders rejected and he can make it the chief cornerstone. I'm thankful that God is working in my life. He's orchestrating. Okay. So there's no reason for me to be sad on Resurrection Day. I don't know. My sister, I'll end with this testimony. And I told her, talked to her, I told her I would use this testimony. Really, if she didn't let me use it, I would have made her make me use it anyway. She didn't have a say. My sister, uh, about, about 10 years ago, before she had any kids, uh, she, she, was re she was newly married. Say, oh, thank you. She was newly married. She just got married to her college sweetheart. 
she actually uh, went four years to a school, and I thank God for second chances just for this point right here, because she went to a blue and white school over in Virginia somewhere, Hampton University. Y'all ever heard of that? She went there, but God is a God of second chances, so we're not going to condemn her for that. And so she became a pirate, onyx, whatever that is. We really don't get it. And she, she began to trickle through, and she met her now husband there, and they got married. And she went off to a master's program. Now, let me give you this because we're going to close on this. But she always, has, since probably high school, maybe earlier, has wanted to be a medical doctor. And so she, she, um, she was in college, and she went to a master's degree program. And actually, medical school wasn't looking too bright for her. It wasn't looking too bright for her because she really got rejected from some schools that she applied. How many of you ever been rejected? I, I want to show you something real quick. I, I want to show you what I mean by rejected. Let me give you a proof that she got rejected. Uh, Y'all see her name? That's when she was Faith Lockett. Now she's Faith Gardner. But it says right here, the George Washington University. That's a rejection letter. Uh, Oregon Health and Science University. That's a rejection letter. Uh, VCU. That's a rejection letter. Um, University of Louisville. That's a rejection letter. And, and and so, and I don't know what that is. We look like Michigan. That's a rejection letter. She sent me those last night. And my sister, again, is always, since high school probably, just wanted to be a doctor. She got them rejection letters. And so she know, she know what she decided to do. She, she, she ended up saying, you know what, hmm. I'm going to go on and just teach. So her and her husband got hired at a local school. And... Um, she was about to go teach. This was about, because she got married in May, and I forgot when she got the job, but she got the job um, sometime before vacation, so probably about the same time. So she get, so, so we go on vacation. So she gets the job. Say, hey. She gets the job. She goes on vacation, and we're going to Chicago. We're going on, where, where, where are we going? We always, we used to always go on vacation every year. Thank God for vacations. Amen. Uh, we're, we're, on, we're going to Chi-Town, Chicago. <clears throat> Anybody from Chi Chicago in here? Okay, anyway. So we go, we go to Chi-Town. We're on vacation. We're chilling. We're resting. Week before we went to Chi-Town, there was a word that came to her that said, pack your bags. It said, pack your bags. Well, you could probably think pack your bags means get ready to go to Chicago. She gets to Chicago, Brother Brian, and while she's on vacation resting, Chilling. Y'all ain't with me. While you should be chilling and resting and going through the Windy City and eating some pizza with cheese on the inside of the crust. She, she's there and her friend, all the way back from HU, contacts her. Her friend is in the medical school in Chicago. Her friend calls her in Chicago and in so many words tells her, I have a connection. Aren't you, thank God, aren't you thankful for the connections that God has for your life? The ones you might not even see coming. So she calls my sister up on vacation. Y'all ain't getting that. On vacation. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, stop trying to figure it out and just believe God's going to work it out. Just go on and rest. You better sleep. You better, you better slobber a little bit. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. So, so she goes there, and her friend calls her up. And it was so urgent that one of the people, it just so happened, one of the people that were with us on vacation had to write her a letter of recommendation that week. She wrote an application handwritten to the school. All of this transpired in one week. Long story short, they, she interviews. They accept her into medical school on vacation. Y'all not with me. On vacation. Immediately. She had like one suit to wear that she was going to wear to church, and it all worked together. Y'all not with me. Even God can even work your vacations into his plan. God can, y'all, when you're resting, when you're sleeping, God can work it together. It's amazing that on vacation, God had a ram in the bush. 
on a vacation, God has some hidden breakthrough. She couldn't see it, but it was still there because you can't always see God working because sometimes he works in the dark. But like Jesus said, my father is always working. Even when I'm on my way to Chicago, my father is always working. Even when they lay me off the job, my father is always working. Even when they, y'all better give God some praise. Even when they diagnose me, my God is always working. Give a shout of praise. Don't be fooled by how it looks. He's still working. No, 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 no. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Standing on your feet. Stand on your feet. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. He's still working. He's still working. He's still working in the good times, the bad times, the ugly times, the, the sad times. He's still working. He's still working. He's still working in the tomb. He's still working in Hades. He's still working. After being crucified, he's still working. He's still moving. <laughs> Those men were on the road of Emmaus. Sadness written across their faces. And they were talking to the man that they were talking about. They didn't realize he was still moving. He was right there in their presence. But they couldn't recognize him. They didn't realize they were talking to the one they were talking about. God is still working. Now, I have to finish this scripture. It says, for all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called. If we are not loving God, then God's activation of that working together will not work in fullness in our lives. And This is an opportunity today on Resurrection Sunday. Because can I be honest, some of us walked in this place today hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. And maybe we're like those men. We say, ah, haven't you heard, God? That person left out of my life three years ago, and I've never gotten over it. Haven't you heard that people have betrayed me? Haven't you heard? But I've got a question. Haven't you heard that he's the bomb in Gilead? Haven't you heard that he's the prince of peace? Haven't you heard that he's alive and he's living? And it's an opportunity today for those of us in this room who might not realize God is still working to come to that awareness once again. You might not see it. You might not even feel it. But it's not to say that God has stopped working because God is always working. He works in the dark. He continuously works. He works through our situations. And he works on his own timetable. And so today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is an opportunity for those of you in the room. You say today on this Resurrection Sunday, I have to come to the realization because I, I lost it. I lost the awareness. But I'm coming to the realization of freshly that God is working in my life. And let me say this to you. If he never does another thing for us, he's still worth our worship. Because can I tell you, he's already done enough through the cross of Calvary. He said it's finished. And Lord, I pray you touch our hearts today. So if you're in this room today and you just, you're kind of like those men on the road of Emmaus. You're sad, you're depressed, you're hopeless. You have the syndrome that God used to move, but he doesn't move anymore in my life. This is an opportunity today for you to come back into a place of faith. Because, see, he might not be doing all the jobs and the money and all the accolades, but what he can be doing is convicting positioning you to come back into relationship with him. That might be the work he's focused on right now. Some of you walked in this room, you said, God is not working in my life. Could it be he's working through your problem to bring you back to purpose? He's working through your problem to bring you back to purpose in, in him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, listening to the sound of my voice, if you fit in any of these categories, I want you to slip your hand up and I'll further direct you. Number one, you say, Pastor Josh, I used to follow Jesus. 
I used to follow him. I used to believe in him. But I'm locked up. I'm locked up in fear. I'm locked up in confusion because of the events that have come about in the last few days, maybe even weeks, maybe even years. And I'm bound. I know I am. But I want to follow the Lord again. I want to believe on him again. I've fallen away from faith in him. But I want today. This is your opportunity. Number two, you say, Pastor Josh, I don't have the fruits of Christ Jesus in my life. I don't look like him. I don't act like him. I don't walk. I've, I've, I've actually hindered his work. I've, I've grieved him. And he's no longer working out his character in my life. There's no more fruit in my life. I'm like an apple tree without apples. I have no fruit, but I want to have fruit on today. And, and then also, you say, if I die today, I'm not sure I would go to heaven. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. This is your opportunity today. And even if you're saved and you're a believer, there's an opportunity for you. You say, Pastor Josh, I believe this is where God has called me to, to join in and to connect, to grow and to develop. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, when I count to three, slip your hand up and say, I want prayer. I need prayer. Please pray with me without shame, without fear. None of us in here are perfect, but we do have a perfect Savior. And you can call on him today. You can come back to him and rededicate your heart to the Lord. When I count to three, slip your hand up like you're reaching it up to Jesus. One, if that's you, get ready, and I'll further direct you. Two, when I say three, you slip your hand up. God loves you. He cares for you. He's always working. Allow him to work out some things in your life right now. Three, slip your hand up. You say, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I see those hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see those hands. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Say, I need prayer. I need prayer. I want you to pray with me. Pray for me. For those of you that have raised your hands, I want you just to take another step. I want you just to come and walk down, and we're just going to meet you right here at the front. I want you just to take another step. For those of you that raised your hands, I want you just to come down. If there's anybody else, I want you just to, you just to come on down. I'm going to give you some more, mo some more moments just to come on down. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Come on down. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Welcome. We welcome you. We welcome you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Is there anybody else in this room on today? Is there anybody else in this room on today? Say, pray for me and pray with me. I, I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my life. Amen. 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 Is there any? Keep coming. If there's anybody else, keep coming. Just make a move. Make a move. Make a move. Bless you, bro. Come on, make a move. We'll give time for this. Amen. 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 Bless you, little lady. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you. Can I get a high five? Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else to say, I need to make that move today? I need to make that move today. I'm hopeless. I'm without faith. I've lost my faith. But I want my faith to be restored on today. Hallelujah. I want you to ask the person beside you real quick before we move on. I want you to ask them, say, if you died today, would you go to heaven? If they say no, I'm unsure, say, come on, let's walk down there. I'm going to give you a couple more moments before we close this portion out. Say, say, I'll walk with you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. We all need Jesus. Hallelujah. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. I'm going to give a couple more moments, and then after that, we're going to move forward. If that's you, if the Lord is dealing with your heart today, if you're not sure you would go to heaven, this is your opportunity. Your life can change inwardly, inwardly, inwardly. God can bring things out of you, bring you into a place of purpose. This is your opportunity on today. Hear my voice. This is your opportunity on today. Don't, don't, don't mock. Don't say it's nonsense. He is alive. Amen. Glory to God. Even if it doesn't make sense, he's alive. So I'm giving, I'm giving a little bit more time for those of you that say the Lord is still dealing with my heart. And that's you. I'm going to give you another moment. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going we're gonna to pray. I want those of you that did come, I want you just to say, Lord Jesus. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I come back to you. I give you my life. I commit myself to you. I believe that you're working things together for my good. Whether I can see it or not, I believe that you're working. And I declare you're working. You're perfecting those things that concerneth me. And from this day forward, I move forward in your purpose and your plan and your assignment for my life. I'll never be the same again. The power of darkness is broken. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. We at Triad Christian Center pray that you are blessed and empowered to live the super life. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, on Facebook, Triad Christian Center. You may also email us at triadchristiancenter at gmail.com. In the High Point area, join us Sundays at 11 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7 p.m. for our weekly services. Our address, 4321 Barrow Road in High Point. Until next week, be blessed.